This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. All the prayers that Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1, 16 to 23, and Ephesians chapter 3, 14 to 21 talked about the fact that it will do us a world of good to pray those prayers of supplication for ourselves, for our loved ones, you know, for people who want to pray for believers. Just stay with it. Stay with it. Pray, pray those same prayers again and again and again and again and again. Turning point came in my life after I prayed those prayers probably more than a thousand times for myself. You know, I just stayed with it. And suddenly, revelation knowledge just began to open up in my spirit. In actual fact, I wondered, what did I know? I'm telling you. It was like, I didn't know anything. What was I saying? Praise God. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. He's the teacher. And he can open up God's word to our spirits. And if we will let him, he will. Amen. And then we set out to ask, what is authority? We said that authority is delegated power. And the force, the value of it depends on the force that's back of the user. We saw in Luke 10, 19, where the Bible said, Behold, I give unto you power. I give unto you authority. You tread on serpents and scorpions, and over all the power, all the ability of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Remember in Psalm 91, verse 13, it said, You will tread upon the lion and the adder. The young lion and the dragon you will trample on the feet. Adder there, some other translations call it asp. And then if you check in the Bible, the Bible says the poison of asps is under their lips. Are you listening? You can trample upon the scourgings of the enemy. You can trample upon the, you know, backlashes, backbitings of the devil. You can trample upon those things. As a rule, I learned something. Never, I never answer my critics. I pray for them. Amen. I don't fight back. Doesn't make sense. No weapon formed against me will prosper. You know? And that's what God's word says about us as believers. It says that every tongue that rises up in judgment against us, we condemn. It said we will be delivered from the scourge of the tongue in Job 5. So stand on God's word. Stop that bickering. Stop that fighting. Listen, when some things happen, you can't vindicate yourself. It's God that can. Let him. The more you try to talk and you just get yourself into bigger trouble. And then you get yourself into malice. You get yourself into bitterness. Just walk in love. Live it. Amen. Stand on the word. Exercise your authority. He said you'll tread upon the lion and the adder. He said the young lion and the dragon you will trample on the feet. you tread upon the asp. you tread upon the scourgings of the tongue. you trample upon them. That's part of what our authority in Christ guarantees. You know, and sometimes it's even your own mistakes. Yeah, it's your own mistakes. But you know what? You don't have to go down. You don't have to go under. You can rise above anything the devil brings your way. You can rise above any test, any trial, any circumstance, any situation. Once you understand your authority, you understand that you're seated together with Jesus at the right hand of the Father. If the devil tries to tempt you to sin... Like he tempted Jesus. How did Jesus whip him? He used his authority. He told him, it is written. And he told him what was written. 
Devil came again and said, it is written. Told him what was written. Came again and said, it is written again. Told him what was written. Devil left him for a season. And I'm sure after that season, he came again. And he did the same thing. The temptation to sin. A temptation to be sick, a temptation to be broke, a temptation to be defeated, a trial in your home, whatever. We've got authority. We've got authority. Now, you see, I have authority in my domain. I don't have authority in your domain. I can't go down the road and just cast out devils out of anybody promiscuously. I can't. If someone else gives me the permission, I can use my authority in their life. But you see, my authority is in my house. You can't come to my house and rearrange the furniture. I'll rearrange you. <laughs> it's my house. I call the shots there. Amen. I have authority in my domain. I have authority in my body. You have authority in your body. You have authority in your life. You have authority in your home. When your kids are under you, in your household, there are some things you should forbid. Forbid them. Disallow them. Stand your ground. See, the devil will ride you roughshod as much as you let him. He will chance you as much as you let him. You are the one to tell him, devil, first far and no father. You push him off. Cut the crap. Stop that. And he says, what are you talking about? You assault him with the word of God. Tell him it is written. And if you don't run now, jab your second one. And he says, I'm sorry. It's a mistake. I didn't know you are found out. Now you know. Sorry, sorry, sorry. So, and he will run. Amen. You know you don't have to be afraid. Second Timothy 1.6 says, stir up the gift of God that's in you. Verse 7 says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. If God hasn't given it to us, then who is trying to bring it? The devil. You don't have fear inside you. Fear outside to attach itself to you. If fear comes at me, you know what I do? I speak to it. I say, no, fear, I resist you in the name of Jesus. I refuse to fear. If doubt comes, I resist it. I say, doubt, I stand against you. I refuse to doubt. And what will happen? It will run as in terror. Amen. You see, Isaiah 54, 14 says, in righteousness shall thou be established. You will be far from oppression. Because you do not fear. And from terror for shall not come near you. It says surely they shall gather. God said but not by him. It said those who gather against you will fall for your sake. They may come against you in one direction. They will flee in seven. See when the devil gangs up with his tests, his trials, his sickness. You know just one roar from the lion. Look the devil is not the lion. God like a roaring lion. You are the real lion. The Bible says in Proverbs 28, 1. The wicked fleeth when no man pursueth. The righteous are bold as a lion. You know, the Bible says the lion turns away from no other. Doesn't turn its back on anything. Doesn't turn its back on any animal. Let that elephant be bigger than it is. That lion will not turn its back. Will face it. Without fear. Amen. The lion of the tribe of Judah lives in you. You don't have to check the armor. You'll notice there's nothing for the back. Have you noticed that? No piece of armor for the back because we don't turn our back on the enemy. We face him with the word of God. What's our battle stand? We stand. Why? Because we're not doing warfare. We're doing victory. Yes, there's a warfare, but it's a mopping out warfare. We are an occupational army. 
not a militating force. Hey, hey, the devil's force is oh, the devil's force is oh, hey, he's doing this oh, let's get arsenal, arsenal against him. No, we might be militant in the way we go about it, but we are not militating with the devil to see who will win. We have the victory. Now, just so that we also know, Jesus did not fight the devil because there was a contest between him and the devil. Remember Newton's laws of motion? First one, they told us that a body continues in a state of rest or uniform motion in a straight line unless impressed forces act upon it. Second one, they told us that the rate of change of momentum of a body is directly proportional to the applied force. It takes place in the direction in which the body reacts. It told us the third one, to every action there's an equal and opposite reaction. I think some people just like that third one, equal and opposite. And then they began to say, God and the devil are equals and opposites. Shut up! They're not. One is the creator. The other is a creature. You see, eh? God can blow the devil out of existence. He made him. Why did Jesus fight the devil? I'll tell you why. As our substitute. He did it in our stead. He did it for us. We are identified with him in the work that he did. As far as God is concerned, we are the ones that did it. Why do you think the Bible will say, you have got little children and I've overcome them? Why did you overcome them? 2,000 years ago. When the devil shows up, you can tell him, Satan, you remember, 2,000 years ago, I defeated you. I defeated you soundly. Yes, in the person of Jesus Christ. Because he's the one that did it. But he did it in our stead. It's as though it was me. Amen. When we go in Jesus' name, the devil doesn't know who it is. As far as it's concerned, Jesus showed up again. That's the fellow, the same fellow that whipped him 2,000 years ago. He has showed up again and he starts fretting. He starts shaking like a leaf because he's defeated. He's paralyzed. Amen. So you see, we are seated with Christ. That's the basis of our authority. The resurrection of Christ and his being seated at the right hand of the Father is the foundation on which our authority rests. The power that raised Jesus from the dead is the force, the corporation that backs our authority. If the need arises, that same power will be deployed to push the devil around. Just slap him in the face. Poo, 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 If the need arises. So when you tell him stop, he had better stop or he will be stopped. Either which way, he will stop. He likes it, he wants it, he takes it, or he leaves it, he will stop. Why? Because the power that backs our authority is God himself. Do we see that? So we need to meditate on these truths. We need to sit before them. Amen. And let the Holy Ghost sit before these truths reverently. And let the Holy Spirit open up these scriptures to our hearts. Praise the Lord. We've got authority over him. We've got authority over him. Now let me say something about balance. You see, I'm a man of the word, but I'm also a man of the Holy Ghost. Yes, God's word teaches us about our authority. But you see, we still depend on the Holy Ghost to help us in the administration of that authority. We still depend on the Holy Ghost to open up the truth of God's word about that authority to us. You know, there are times, like in my life now, I have authority over the devil. When it comes to somebody else's life, if they will give me permission, I can use my authority. There was a certain fellow who had diabetes. Brother Hagin was going for a meeting, a minister. Then Brother Hagin asked him, could you follow me? He said, okay, I will. Then he told him, he said, you won't register sugar as long as you're with me. The guy felt like doubting it. What do you mean I won't register sugar? He didn't really believe it, but he followed Brother Hagin. 
The 10 days he was with Brother Higgin, he didn't register any sugar. Checked his urine every morning. No sugar. He didn't need insulin shots. He ate pies. He ate everything he shouldn't eat. He didn't register sugar. <laughs> he was shocked. So you know it wasn't his faith. It wasn't until three days after he left him, he began to register sugar again. <laughs> he expected it to come back. But while the man was in his presence, he could exercise his authority. But you see, when the man got on his own, he had to exercise that authority for himself. See, God doesn't want you to be a baby Christian. doesn't want us to be baby Christians. Don't be a spiritual hitchhiker. Some people's faith is in their pastor. Sure, you should have faith in whoever is your pastor. But you should have a faith of your own too. You want to travel, you tell your pastor. And that's good. Whatever leadership is in place, just to be responsible. Not so that they can clear the way. Not so that they can tell you whether you should travel or not. You should be led by the Spirit of God yourself. The Bible doesn't say as many as are led by their pastors. If the pastor has to be led for everybody, hear from God for everybody, he will die young. Even if it's just 10 people he's pastoring, he will die young. God didn't give the pastor faith so that he can use it for his church members. He gave him faith so he can live by it. He's to teach the people God's word. The purpose of the local church is primarily so that people can be fed. They can be fed. They can have a faith of their own. They can grow up into maturity in Christ. They can understand their authority. You know, the problem oftentimes is this. The spiritual nurseries are full of overgrown babies. Fighting for the bottle. You know, overgrown babies. Fighting for bottle. No, it's my bottle. It's my bottle. Give me bottle. Fighting for the courts. The limited courts that they are there. I won't go to church again. Pastor didn't come to visit me yesterday. I won't go again. I won't go again. When will you start helping pastor visit somebody? Don't be a spiritual hitchhiker. Drop. Lift. Lift. No, don't get me wrong. In case after this video you need a lift, no problem. But what I mean is, I'm talking spiritually. That every time, you're never trying to have a prayer life. You're never trying to have a faith life. Let me also say this. Yes, I'm strong about dominion because God is. But I don't have dominion over a fellow Christian. I don't have dominion over a fellow human being. That's witchcraft. I don't have authority over somebody else's will. I have authority in my own life over the devil. Okay, you say, well, if I work in an organization, I'm to take dominion. Uh, it depends on what you mean by that. Does that mean you should control everybody there? No, that's not, that's, that's the flesh. That's witchcraft. That's witchcraft. It doesn't mean you should be, you know, when I get there, I should take charge. That's a manipulative spirit. That's wrong. That's not love. That's not the fruit of the spirit. Our dominion is authority over the devil and his works. Don't be the kind of person that you are bossy. People come around you and you want to put them under your armpit. That's the work of the flesh. You want to subjugate them, subdue them. In the name of I have dominion. Uh -uh. Your dominion ends in your own domain. You don't have dominion over me. Mm -mm. You don't have dominion over me. Mba. Nehi. You have dominion over me. <laughs> That's witchcraft. Of course, you understand there's considered authority in the home, in the local church. Yes. In the, the civil government, the laws of the land, there's that. That's what I'm talking about now. I'm talking about spiritual authority. Yes. God said you'll be the head and not the tail. That means that you'll be the best in the class. That means that you'll be the one with the sweetest spirit in the office. 
That means that you'll be the most efficient. That doesn't mean that you'll be the most manipulative. Who wants to be the head? By all means, you want to subdue them under you. I'm the head. I'm the head. No, that's devilish. That's devilish. That's not dominion. That's witchcraft. Somebody say witchcraft. Yes. Controlling, you know, manipulating. That's wrong. That's a work of the flesh. It's authority we are talking about. We don't have 2 Corinthians 1.24. Not that we have uh, dominion over you. We are helpers of your joy. By faith ye stand. You don't have dominion over fellow Christians. You don't have dominion over somebody else's will. There are some people I can't help. I was talking with a fellow one time. He was hearing voices. I told him, I said, you see these voices you are hearing? I heard some things he said. I saw some things. Just the countenance of his face, I could tell. You are listening to wrong spirits. If you continue listening to them, you will wind up in the psychiatric ward. I tried to tell him. He won't hear. He insisted, I'm having these experiences. I'm not saying you are not having them, but I'm saying it's not of God. I can tell. I can tell. God, the Holy Ghost will not tell you something that violates the Bible, that contradicts the Bible. The Holy Ghost is not goofy. It's not spooky. It's not spooky. Once something starts becoming spooky, goofy, uh -uh, the Holy Ghost is the spirit of a sound mind. Once it starts looking, uh -uh, this one is not sound mind anymore. Look at Samson, and look at the madman of Gadara. You notice something is in common with both of them. They both had supernatural strength, right? Because the spirit enabled them. Samson, do you think Samson was six or seven feet tall, was huge? Why would they be asking for the secret of his strength? If he was as big as Lou Ferrigno, you know who Lou Ferrigno is? The man who used to act Incredible Hulk. You know. If you see Incredible Hulk, you won't ask him for the secret of his power. <laughs> she can tell those biceps and the triceps and the latissimus docile and everything. You can tell. You're not looking for the secret of his power. But for them to be asking the secret of Samson's power, Samson probably wasn't any bigger than I am, maybe smaller. But when the Holy Ghost will come on that dude, <laughs> they locked not the gate of a house, the gate of a city on him. He got there, he picked the gate of the city and continued moving. That's some strength. Had some strength. He picked the gate, the gate of a city. He picked it and continued walking with the gates. That's some strength. The madman of Gadara also had supernatural strength. But you notice something. One's mind was still sound. The other one lost his mind. If it's the Holy Ghost, it's the spirit of a sound mind. It's the spirit of a sound mind. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. Are you listening? You have authority over your mind. Don't let the devil take your mind. Yeah. He will attack your mind. Look, sometimes people begin to think the wrong thoughts. Begin to think worry, think depression, think fear, think failure. You know, begin to open the door to the devil in their thought life. Don't do that. Shut the devil on him. Yeah. Philippians 4, 8. Finally, my brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, Whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things have a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. The devil's greatest weapon is the power of suggestion. He is always endeavoring to enter your thought life. But 2 Corinthians 10 4 says, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. 
You know, people, when you talk about strongholds, they'll say the stronghold over Abuja, the stronghold over, and they just waste their time <laughs> pulling something that is not there. And they'll just wear out. You see, that's where the devil wants them. Rather than getting busy preaching the gospel, leading the lost to Christ, because that's how you would take a nation. Spiritual mapping. They say the spirit of Abuja. They say the spirit of Gwagwalada. They say the stronghold over this one. Stronghold over that one. We are pulling down that stronghold. Strongholds are in the mind. You see, that is the stronghold. That kind of thing. How do you take how did Paul take over Athens, take over Ephesus, take over those places? Did he go doing spiritual mapping and then he was mapping? What's the demon in this place? What's the demon in this place? I don't doubt the fact that sometimes demons like to gather in certain places. Like Corinth, they had licentious spirits there. Like the madman of Gadara, when those demons left him, they still wanted to go inside pigs so they can stay in the same area. I don't doubt that that exists. But what I'm saying is this. How... Do you get people delivered? How do you sort out those things? Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He said, not tell me to preach the gospel to the poor. To preach deliverance to the captives. He preached deliverance. He preached deliverance. How do you preach deliverance? That's what I've been preaching since. That we are delivered from the authority of darkness. That we are translated in the kingdom of God's dear son. That we have dominion over the devil. Listen to me. If anybody tells you to go for a spiritual checkup, I won't, I won't answer. I won't finish it. But don't go. They can give you a demon. There's a lady. Real life story. She went to some of those schools of deliverance. They told her she had a demon. She said, no, I'm okay. They said, no, you have a demon. She said, but I'm okay. She said, oh, we're telling you something. You're telling, what do you know? She said, open your mouth and start coughing and you see. She opened her mouth and started coughing. They did their deliverance. She started foaming. True, true. You know? Now, you think that because there's a manifestation, it confirms their, their lie. Okay, stop the foam. Now, they couldn't stop it. She continued foaming. She would have died of dehydration. She now came to Brother Hagin. Brother Hagin said, look, I will help you on only one condition. You will never go back to any of those so-called schools of deliverance where they do those kind of things. She said, you didn't have any demon. The moment you submitted yourself to that deliverance, they gave you the demon. Wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up, wake up. They tell you to do redemption of firstborn. That Cain was a firstborn. He killed Abel. That Esau was a firstborn. He sold his birthright for Mosel. That uh, 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 Er was a firstborn. You know, he, 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 he died young. You know, because judgment fell on him. Reuben was a firstborn. He slept with Zilpah uh, or Bilhah. His father's concubine. This was the firstborn. They did that. And I can tell you of more firstborns. When they say that, tell them that Jesus was the firstborn. And tell them that henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Though we have known Christ after the flesh. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Sorry to say, some of them, they will just eat your money. That's all. Some of them are sincere, but they're just sincerely wrong. Some of them are insincere, and they're insincerely wrong. But if it doesn't line up with the New Testament, it doesn't line up with the New Testament. They'll tell you, there's ancestral cause. It's ancestral cause that is following you. Some people, it's just pathological laziness. Lazy bone, lazy bone. God said he will bless the work of your hands. Put your hand on something. You don't put a hand on anything, God has nothing to bless. Don't be a lazy bone. God said, He that does not work, he should not eat. 
saw one beside one bus. It was a sticker. Sticker said, no food for lazy man. I felt like they should write that in churches. Put it a sticker in churches. No food for lazy man. No food for lazy man. No food for lazy man. Put your hands on something. Now, I'm not disputing the fact that there are in forces. I'm not disputing the fact that sometimes there are in patterns that run in families. But they don't have to continue with you. Eh, there may be an ancestral curse, but there's also the ancestral blessing. If you are Christ, you are Abraham's seed. You are here according to the promise. Those who are of faith, they are blessed with believing Abraham. God said he will bless those who bless you. He will curse those who curse you. I said one time, he put a spell on me. He put a curse on me. I said, I dare you. I hope you find one that works. I hope you get real one. Yes. And I won't pray about it. <laughs> The greater one is in me, and I know it. I know it. I know it. If you don't know your rights in Christ, the devil can chance you. You can be born again, and the devil can come, and he can put all kinds on you. But when you know your rights, see, those who know their God, they shall be strong, and they shall do exploits. And I like to add humorously, those who, know, who don't know their God, they shall be weak, and they shall be exploited. Amen. We have rights in Christ. Let's get to know our authority. Let's get to know our dominion. Now, I want to talk now about exercising authority. Just said all that to introduce it and the first bell is already gone. And the second bell, they are waiting to ring it. But bless their hearts and bless the bell's heart. Praise God. <laughs> they are doing their job anyway and the bell is doing its job. And I'm endeavoring to do mine. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. There are two phrases that our authority is predicated on. And I want us to see them. Ephesians 1.20. Notice that verse 20 says, Which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. You see that? And set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Now, if you get over to chapter 2. Chapter 2 verse 1 says, And you hath he quickened. Who are dead in trespasses and sins. You notice that Hathi Quicken is in italics. So it's not there in the original. It actually says, and you who are dead in trespasses and sins. And you what? Verse 20. Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. And set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. And you who are dead in trespasses and sins. Do you see that? Ephesians 1.20. Ephesians 2.1. The verb that expresses the reviving of Christ also expresses the reviving of his body. Ephesians 1.20, when he says, which he wrought in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand, when he set him at his right hand, he set you also there. That's why that chapter 2, if you read from verse 1, he says, and you who are dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now walketh among the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation in time past, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and by nature of the children of wrath, even as others. And even God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he hath loved us, hath quickened us. Amen. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us, quickened us, made us alive. Together with Christ, by grace are ye saved, 
and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come it might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us. See, Pentecost called holy rollers in America. They criticized them. There was this Pentecostal lady. She was going all dressed up, cacked up, bath tight, looking good. You know, it makes God look good when you look good. Yeah. You know. And then they saw her. And then somebody said, where are you going? She said, I'm going to the show. <laughs> you know, they were just trying to tease her, to mock her. Where are you going? Looking so good like that. Say, I'm going to the show. Hey, we didn't know you people went to shows. Said, God is going to put up a show that will last throughout all eternity. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us. See, God is in the show business. God is in show business. He wants to put you up as a show to the world. The Bible says that now to the principalities and powers might be made known in the heavenly places the manifold wisdom of God. Yeah, God, he wants to put you up as a show. He wants to showcase you. Amen. As a masterpiece. As a masterpiece of his blessings. Say, how good is God? God says, just look at him. Just look at that guy. See how good I am. <laughs> wants to shut you off as a masterpiece of his excellence of his goodness of his riches of his mercies of his love amen so you see we were raised with him we were seated with him amen when he was raised we were raised when he was seated we were seated that's the basis of our authority the resurrection and the seating of Christ at the right hand of the Father. Now, when you talk about the right hand of a king or the right hand of a pope, any student of history knows that's the highest position of authority that there is. You know, like the part of this country I'm from, they say somebody is an autumn. You know, the right hand, my right hand man. You know, actually, God has delegated the running of things to Jesus. Jesus is the one running things now. He runs things. Things don't run him. <laughs> Amen. And he has put that dominion to us. Look, you know, sometimes you hear Christians, they say, I need Jesus. I'm the one that needs him. He doesn't need me. He can do without me. I can't do without him. It's a lie. <laughs> We're in partnership. We're laborers together with him. Yes, we need him. But listen, he needs us. If the body of Christ decides that we are going to go on strike and we won't do evangelism, Jesus will not send angels. He will say, come, come, come. What's the matter? What's the matter? What is it, my boys? What is it? Let's talk. Let's dialogue. Because without us, he can't get the job done. We are the fruit-bearing part of the vine. The vine cannot bear fruit by itself. It needs the branches. The branches cannot bear fruit. It needs supply from the vine. We're a union. We're drawn into union with him. We're one with him. We're in partnership with him. That's how God chose to make it. Amen. Now, don't take this issue of authority to an extreme. There was one fellow by the name Father Divine. He saw the truth about authority. You know, you are gods. I'm a god. And really, when Jesus said, when the Bible said that you are God, he was even not talking to people who are born again. 
Jesus said, to whom the word of the Lord came. Those people. And scriptures cannot be broken. So Father Divine said that he's not just a God, that he's God. And as God, he should be worshipped. And then he started a cult and left people, led people into error. No, don't go on any tangent. Don't go on any extreme. We can and should stay in the middle of the road. Are you listening? We have authority in Christ. We need to understand that authority. We need to meditate on those truths until we really grasp them in our spirits. Brother Hagin had an unusual experience. I know people like stories. I'll tell you one. You, you won't mind, even though the bell has gone. It's a story. I know you won't mind. You know, we all like stories. I do too. You know, an interesting story it was. It happened in 1952, December. Not many people here were born then. December 1952, he was in Oklahoma, in Broken Bow, Oklahoma. He was preaching for a certain pastor. And then all of a sudden, you know, he no longer expected it to happen and he expected to be the man, first man to land on the moon. Yuri Gagarin, Neil Armstrong and all. He didn't expect it. It was a shock, you know. He knelt down to pray. Suddenly, Jesus stood there where the roof of the kitchen of, of that pastor should be, where they were kneeling down to pray. And then... He said to him, he said, I want to teach you about the devil, demons, and demon possession. From today onward, what's known in my word as descending of spirits, when you're in the spirit, you walk in your life. I want to show you how the devil gets a hold of people, and even Christians, if they will let him. Now, the vision lasted one hour, 30 minutes. Towards the end of that vision, something unusual happened. An evil spirit came and stood between Jesus and Brother Hagin. And you know what the demon was doing? I was making a shrill voice. Yak it yak, yak, yak. Yak it yak. Shrill, sonorous, high pitched, nauseating, disgusting sound. Yak it yak, yak. Yak it yak, 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 yak. Just continue like that. He said, the interesting thing is that Jesus just continued speaking. He just continued speaking. Not only was the demon making those noises, there was also a black cloud around the vision around the demon so he couldn't see jesus clearly you know and then he was wondering why is jesus allowing this why doesn't he do something about it are those not some of the questions we ask why is god letting this happen why doesn't god do something about it why has the vision of heaven become obscured to me why is my communication why is this why is that why did that happen why did that why did that? as a rule never ask why say what anyway as it all went on he, he, he actually got frantic, you know, because he couldn't hear important instruction Jesus was giving to him about dealing with the devil, you know. Finally, in desperation, spoke, pointed to the demon and said, stop that in the name of Jesus. He said he never saw somebody so scared in his life. The thing fell on the floor like a sack of salt, Pwah! like that, shaking and whimpering, couldn't look him in the face, shaking, 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 shaking. He said, not only shut up, get out of here in Jesus' name. Said the thing left, both black cloud and demon. Everything left. And then Jesus said something to him that absolutely upended his theology. I mean, it messed up his theology. You know, sometimes as ministers, our theology needs to be messed up. Jesus said to him, he knew what he was thinking. Say, you know, if you hadn't done something about that, I couldn't. <laughs> he did like this. I know I didn't hear you well. I know that's, you didn't say you couldn't. You said you wouldn't. Jesus said, uh -uh. I didn't say I wouldn't. I said I couldn't. Huh. He said, no. Something is wrong with my hearing. You, can't, you couldn't have said you wouldn't. 
you, you couldn't. It was you wouldn't, you said. Let me explain. You know, I can say, I won't pick up this marker. Right? Because I can choose to. I can choose not to. It's by an act of my will. I can decide whether I want to pick it up or not pick it up. But if I tell you that I won't push this wall down with my hand, laugh at me. If I say I won't do it, say yeah, we've had now, do it now if you can. That one is not that I won't. That one is I, I can't. You understand? So Jesus said, I couldn't. Hey. And he said, no, I can see you are talking to me. Eh? I can hear you. But you see this one you said, you have to give me chapter and verse in the Bible, in the New Testament. And if you can't prove it to me by the New Testament, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, I'm not going to accept it. Even though I can see you, I can hear you, but that one is against everything I've ever preached. It's against everything I've ever had any preacher preach. It's against everything I've ever thought. It's against everything. So Jesus smiled so sweetly. As of that time, Brother Hagen had read through the New Testament 150 times. So There's so many things in there you don't know. <laughs> so many things in there I don't know. Thank God for what I know. But I keep pushing on to know more. Actually, the more you know, the more you realize how little you know. Anyway, he said he wanted two or three. You know, Jesus didn't get angry. Any vision anybody has that he can't subject it to scrutiny, that he can't be judged. You know, the Bible said, let the prophet speak two or three and let the other judge. Any revelation anybody has that cannot be judged, that they just want to hold on to it, run away from it. The wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, without partiality, without hypocrisy. And then if it's of God, it'll line up with the Bible. Bring it to scrutiny with the word. Never try to follow the spirit apart from the word. You follow wrong spirits. Well, Jesus told him, I'll give you, you want two or three, I'll give you four in the New Testament. The first witness Jesus gave him, he said, is me, the Lord Jesus Christ. So remember, in Matthew 28, verse 18, after he was raised from the dead, he said, all authority is given to me in heaven and in earth. Then verse 19 said, go, therefore. What does that mean? He stripped the devil of the authority he had. The authority Adam delegated to him. Got it back from him. He was raised from the dead. He had all authority. Then he turned around, delegated the authority to the church, and said, go, therefore. And then Mark's rendering of that, Mark now continues that. That's the Great Commission. Mark 16, 17. He said, in my name shall they cast out devils. Now, if you can cast out one devil, you can cast out all devils. If you can cast out devils, you can cast out the chief devil himself. And if you can cast out the devil, you have authority over him. So that's another way of saying, in my name, the believing ones will exercise authority over the devil. Do you see that? Because we've got authority over the devil. We've got authority over the devil. So that's the first witness, Jesus he said, all authority, Matthew 28, 18 and 19, is given to me in heaven and in earth. He turned around to the church. He said, go, therefore, go with my authority. And then Mark's rendition of that, Mark 16, 17, in my name, the believing ones will exercise authority over the devil. So that's the first witness. Jesus actually told him that for a Christian to pray to God the Father, to do something about the devil, or to pray to Jesus, that Jesus should do something about the devil, is for that Christian to waste his time. Yeah. Ah, he said, I've wasted time. Plenty, plenty. You know, there's one denomination I know. This is how they pray. <laughs> I want to translate it. God, 
speak to Satan for us. God, speak to Satan for us. God, you know the denomination now. Or if you don't know, you know the Oluwa Bani Beshuwi, Bani Beshuwi, Bani Beshuwi. How will God deal, speak to Satan for you? you? Don't you have a mouth? Is it God that Satan is worrying? It's you now. <laughs> the truth is this. If I give you something, if I give you something, let, just for an illustration, could you kindly take this? Now, is the marker still with me? Uh-huh. How will Jesus exercise authority over the devil? He doesn't have it anymore. He has given it to us. So, if we don't use it, sorry, he can't do anything. Because he's delegated it to us. It's in our hands now. Matthew 18, 18, whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever we lose on earth will be lost in heaven. The power of binding and losing is not in heaven, it's on earth. Heaven is waiting for earth to take a stand. Once we take our stand, heaven will back us up. Why is it that some things are happening? We are letting them happen. When we decide enough is enough, heaven will say, yes, you have woken up. You know, sometimes you're praying, God, why are you letting this happen to me? Why, 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 why? You know, if you were to have a vision and see heaven, God too is saying, son, why now? Why, why, why? Daughter, why now? Why, why, why? The only reason God is letting it happen is because you are letting it happen. The authority is in your hands. First witness was Jesus. Matthew 28, 18 and 19. Mark 16, 17. He said the second witness Jesus gave him was James. James 4, 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. You couldn't resist the devil if you didn't have authority over him. And if we're told to resist him, it's because we have authority over him. Are you listening? So we've got authority over him. The third witness Jesus gave him was Peter. First Peter 8 and 9. Be sober, be vigilant. For your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Now there's someone who used to quote that verse to me. And everybody say, ah, you know, the devil is wicked. The devil is wicked. You know, <laughs> the part of the country I'm from, they said, you know, what Satan has is power. He doesn't have salvation. Listen to me. I have authority over his power. He's been reduced to nothing. I don't care how wicked he may be. Verse 9 goes on to say, Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. American Standard Version says, Whom resist steadfast in your faith. If you can resist him, you've got authority over him. Sometimes, you may need to be steadfast about it. See, faith has a role in exercising authority. There are sometimes you speak, and you say, Ecclesiastes 8.4 says, where the word of a king is, there's power. Once you've given the command of faith, turn your back and walk away. It has to be carried out. You don't need to say it and say it and say it. You said it. Now, of course, there's a place of holding fast our confession. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you bind the devil concerning a situation. I don't bind him two times over the same thing. He will laugh at you. means you don't know you have authority over him. Once I've spoken, I turn my back and walk away. He has to hearken. He has to comply. I wasn't negotiating. I wasn't pleading. It was an instruction. A king has spoken. Has to be carried out. Actually, Brother Hagin said, Jesus told him that, you know, that Peter did not write those Christians, and I'm quoting, and say, well, word has come to us. That our beloved brother Paul is sending out handkerchiefs and aprons. 
Selling them to the sick and the diseases are leaving them and the evil spirits are going out of them. Why don't you write him a letter so he'll send you one of those handkerchiefs? So that's not, actually, Brother Higgins said that's exactly what Jesus told him. That that wasn't what Peter wrote. That what Peter said is this. Whom resist steadfast in the faith. That means that you've got authority over the devil. Every Christian does. I don't care if you're the weakest Christian in the body of Christ. I don't care if you're a weak Christian. The devil is still far beneath you. And you've got authority over him. And who told you you're a weak Christian? The Bible says the Lord is the strength of your life. Of whom shall you be afraid? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And the Bible says be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You see that? And then the fourth and final witness was Paul. Ephesians 4.27 Neither give place to the devil. That means that the devil will take place in your life if you let him. But it also means that he can't take any place in your life if you don't let him. So you've got authority over him. You've got authority over him. Amen. Let's say this together. I have authority over the devil. I will exercise my authority. Through the use of the name of Jesus. I stand my ground. I forbid sickness. I forbid bad habits. I forbid sin. I forbid poverty. I forbid failure. I forbid lack. I forbid defeat. I'm more than a conqueror. Because I exercise my authority. As a nation, we are moving forward. The body of Christ is advancing. Advancing in this city. Advancing in this land. I'm more than a conqueror. The greater one is in me. He is greater than the devil. He is greater than the tests. He is greater than the trials. He lives big in me. He rises big in me. He thinks through my mind. He speaks through my lips. Giving illumination to my mind. Direction to my spirit. Strength to my body. Healing to my body. Life to my body. The greater one. He puts me over. He puts me over. I'm over. I refuse to be depressed. I refuse to be oppressed. I walk in victory. Glory to God. information and inquiries please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163